Welcome back to the Chasing Tail Podcast. We got your host, Kyle Kent, and the guy with the dials, Uncle Rico, and special guest tonight, we got Two-Tone Thomas Worth. Hey, fellas. Thomas, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I guess I'd start with where I work. I uh, work at a repair shop as a manager, shop manager. That's a really fancy way of saying I'm the guy that you talk to on the phone, comes up with estimates. Fancy work for secretary. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm a male secretary. Secretariat, some would say. Allegedly. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, Tom Hoppies, I mean, just FYI, before we get too far into this, this episode's going to be all over the place, so... It's, it's a Just little bit different. Sit, sit back and enjoy because it'll be a good one. For may sure. or may not have allegedly already been drinking during this snowmageddon, <laughs> during the storm of 2023. Yeah, we're sitting in Kyle's bar right now. Uh, decided to do a podcast on supposedly the storm of the century, but we're sitting at like maybe yeah. three inches. <laughs> you know, the Northeast got like 96 inches of snow in one sitting, and we might get four to six. And uh, there's people like buying out bread because, you know... Who has more than two days worth of food at their house? <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild, but it's really not that bad. No, at all. it's fine. The biggest snow drift I saw was barely big enough to touch the bottom of the bumper of my Ford Fusion. <laughs> the old jet ain't getting in the driveway. Yeah, so. that's why you don't buy those. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, uh, Tom, tell us, you know. You know, a little bit more of your off-work life. So, may not be as interesting to you hunters and fishers, but I'm kind of a race car guy, motorsports guy. Uh, I do tend to tag along for some summer fishing and winter fishing trips. I'm the guy that you bring with that doesn't catch anything and ask you to hook the worm on his hook and stuff like that. But we got some good stories coming up. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm, I'm a hell of a good story guy. You know, I might not catch the biggest fish, but I'll have the best story. What's your favorite favorite memory fishing with me and Riley? Let's let's go to that. <clears throat> not a lot of them involve being sober. That's true. Uh, basically almost none of them, because if I'm not going to catch a fish, I'm going to catch a buzz, and I'm pretty sure I haven't caught a fish since, uh, you know, Trump was in office at this point. <laughs> um, well, you have, you have that. Hold on, I'll be right back. Um, you have we have that one time you went trout fishing with us though. That was fun. That was a blast. That was through the ice. It was your first trout ever, or just through the ice? Uh, first trout ever for sure. Uh, that was super fun to be on that lake that we were on. Um, basically, I mean, what what would you guys say the depth was of that lake? You know, like eighty five. Yeah, eighty five, ninety. Easily see the bottom. It's probably a 40-acre lake. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, a mine really, really cool little mine pit. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Uh, super tough to get to, which also made it exciting. Uh, I don't know. We spent probably, I don't know, we got out there well before sunrise. <laughs> it was. I remember that morning. It was. We got there at 5.15 in the morning, and it was negative 15 degrees. It was freaking morning. cold. Yeah, it sucked for the outdoor fishing that we did for a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, but it was really fun. Uh, you know, the, the type of fishing that you guys do like that, I really like being a part of, even if I don't catch anything. That's kind of the nice thing about not being super into uh, the fishing like you guys are, is just being a part of the experience of yeah. finding those small private lakes and stuff it's, similar it's to that. Part of it. Yeah, it's just kind of like a little bit of an adventurous side that I don't necessarily get to see because I don't take a lot of vacations or, you know, do a lot of off-the-cuff type of stuff, you know. Even that fishing trip, you guys probably told me about it a day in advance at the most. Mm -hmm. And then I came over here with uh, a whole case of beer, and we probably drank until 3 in the morning <laughs> and left at 5.30. Are we talking about that one this last winter? It, yeah. We should, we should get into that story because that was a pretty wild night. Yeah, yeah, that was it. It just it was a wild hair up her butt with me and Kyle. We're like, you know, let's go try to chase midnight big giant crappies. Midnight big giant crappies on backwoods lakes. So right. that involves loading up snowmobiles and snowmobiling through state land. You know, three, five, six miles right. deep. You know, and it it it, it was funny because me and Kyle are like, well, you know. Let's you know we were we were talking like Thursday. You know if we if we get off at a decent time, let let's let's go up. 
And uh, I don't think I got home till 4.30. Well, the thing is, we plan to get into after this time. We're like, well, let's invite Tom. So we invite Tom. He's like, hell, hell yeah. You know, he's like, I'm all in. I was like, all right, can you be at my house at like 3.30? He's like, no, I work till 5. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, regret at inviting Tom. Just kidding, Tom. Of course, I <laughs> no, would never I get regret it. that. I get it. It's fine. It's um, fine. Yeah, so we didn't get on the road till probably 5.30. Um, yeah, I mean, we you know, we got to the one lake. Uh, me and Kyle were out there early ice in, in November. Um, you know, so and we could we could, you know, almost drive the truck. You know, we probably had to, you know, we probably could drive the truck within a mile of the access. Um, and so we're like, oh, this is, we'll be a piece of cake. You know, we'll just short snowmobile try, uh, ride. We get out there and, and all of a sudden I look at my phone on the trails we're on, you know, to park in a spot and uh, we're not near where the trail is. Um, for when we passed the trail for a right. while. Yeah, the loggers actually plowed a trail complete opposite direction where the lake was. And we had no service. So we could hardly right. look it up. It was real spotty. So we had to end up turning around a pretty tight spot, and you know, by the time we got parked and the sleds unloaded, it was honestly probably eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah. it was eight o'clock. Then we probably, had, I, I would figure probably a three mile snowmobile ride to get to the lake from where we parked. Right. Which in the middle of the night, and it was right after we had the heavy snow, so the trees were all droopy, and like you, there, the visibility was nothing. And the headlight on my snowmobile was out. Yeah, let's not <laughs> gloss over the fact that. No offense, but you do not have the nicest snowmobile for <laughs> trying hey, to rely. She's got a of headlights and skis since that night. Right, after I consistently gave you a hard time about being <laughs> well, a I, residential it, electrician and you somehow cannot figure out why you can't have a headlight in your snowmobile for longer than five seconds. But I figured it out. Once you I did, and I'm proud of you for that. Um, but yeah, so we went out there about 8 o'clock at night. I guess that probably probably 9 o'clock. And uh, we fished that spot till I think it was 11.30. We didn't have a single bite, not a single fish. We're like, you know what? Fuck this. We're out of here. But we started loading up. We're like, you know what? We're not ready to be done. We're all kind of, you know, half in the bag. We've been drinking beer all night. You know, and fish aren't biting. The beers are flowing. We're like, ah, we had another lake that was not really on the way home, but kind of in the direction of home. <laughs> Maybe another hour out of the way. But... It was probably, honestly, two miles out of the way as the crow flies, but to get to it is probably an extra 15 to 20 yeah. miles out of the way. So we're like, you know what, let's stop at this lake and way home. And we'd been there before in the summer, early ice when there's no snow, and you could drive right through the lake. So we get there, and the road ends five miles from the lake. We're like, and it's like midnight, 12, 15 in the morning. We're like, ah, we got nothing better to do. Let's go for it. So we unload them, and that was a long ride out there. And that's when... The whole not having a headlight bit me in the ass because I got smacked in the face by a stick. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> but uh, we got out there, and it was a cool lake. It was cool to get out there in the middle of the night. Uh, it's a cool experience, and we actually caught a couple crappies too. Yeah, they were small. You know, the the biggest thing is we, you know, we really thought that these two lakes were, you know, gonna be a nighttime bite. Um, but it just it well, didn't. phone is buzzing. You gotta shut that shit off. No, that's probably me. That's Definitely. embarrassing, Ricky. Uh, tell him, my mom told me I can't probably get in the driveway. <laughs> you can get into any driveway with enough speed. That is true. But no, it, it was you know it was a good trip. But you know, again, like Thomas said, every time he comes with, it seems to be a shit show. Yeah, uh, I don't know why. But yeah, it wasn't a shit show. We just drank. We it drank a lot of beer. We got home at three, four in the morning. It was a miserable drive home. <laughs> it was a miserable yeah. drive home. We yeah. figured it out, though. It's... We had a, a designated driver, so don't think we're drinking drivers. Right. We're not about that. Right. Um, you know... Riley's mom picked us up. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, you know, we've, you know... I, well, Thomas says he has not caught fish, but I recall... Um, pre-fishing this, for the yeah, night lake tournament? Yeah, me and Kyle were pre-fishing for a tournament, and... A bass tournament, and you know, me and Kyle went out earlier in the week, and we did fairly decent. Kind of had an idea where we're going, but that Friday, that one well, that Thursday night, because we couldn't fish Friday, so you can't fish twenty four hours before. And um, you know, so we get out there. Well, and we're, we plan on going out pre fishing one last time for the tournament. <coughs> and that, that same thing, we were like, oh, let's you know invite Tom. He likes to come out with us. So like, you know, Tom, you come with me. He's like, you know, hell yeah. And he jumps in the boat with us. It was, yeah, 
<laughs> it was a shit show. We so, get out there and, you know, right away we crack beers, of course. <laughs> and the, so the, the fish weren't where me and Riley thought they were. So no, kind of got right. into, like, I mean, they, they were, but they were not in there as heavy as they were a few days ago. So we kind of started exploring and, and Tom actually outfished the shit of us. Like, literally. Me and Riley at the front of boat. 100% try hard, not really drinking, you know, we're up front fishing as hard as we can and Tom's in the back of this boat with empties lining up by his feet, <laughs> having the tack kicked back with his feet up on the motor, throwing a weightless young dinger and he was out fishing us 10 to 1. Yeah, it was... He was pissed pounding him back there and like, and then I see, you know, he's catching his fish on the weightless young dinger so I'm like, you know, I'm going to throw one of them. Couldn't, couldn't get him. Couldn't get him to bite. It's just you had to have the mojo Tom had that day. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that was one of those situations where you guys are talking about water temperatures and what the structure of the lake is like. And I looked at a dock and I'm like, ah, I probably could hit that dock from here. Toss a freaking Texas rig out there and let it sit for, I don't know, felt like 45 minutes before I started railing, <laughs> just not even paying attention. Pretty soon it's like, ah, I got one. Yeah, like, well, what do you mean? I got another one. Oh, I got another one. It was a good one too. I, it was, it was not a good night for me and Kyle. And then you know, so it, it's always like when we're on trips and stuff, we always call shotgun and driver and, and this and that, and and we all call our things. We told Thomas he's got to back the trailer in, and so me and Kyle dump him off on the dock. You told him we almost sunk yeah, the boat. Yeah, we almost sunk the boat. We uh. I'm like, hey, Kyle, let's see how fast we can go in reverse. I, you know, it, I've never thought about it, but when he said that, I was like, you know what? I wonder how fast we actually could go in reverse. Like, good question, Rick. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, we're, I mean. We're, hey, no, hey, we hit 6.5 miles an hour in reverse. And then I was looking forward in front of me, not looking back. And then also a huge gush of wave hit me from the back. I turned around, the whole ass in the boat was under the water. <laughs> I was panicking. It was uh, water was up to my leg. Yeah, I'm like about water. to abandon the boat. We had water up to her knees in the boat. Uh, it and was, was like you know what? I don't ever need to know how fast my boat's going to reverse ever again. It was not. Yeah, that's what we said. Uh, yeah, let's stop doing dumb stuff and let's you know, that's how bad shit happens. But uh, long story short, we lost the tournament. Oh, we. Honestly, we didn't we didn't do bad. Like we thought going into it, we're like, you know, we're probably mid pack. You know, we caught a good amount of two and a half threes. Um, we thought never, the never, way never got them big ones we were looking for. Right, and we thought the way it fished is that you know, oh, everybody's probably gonna be around the same. It's gonna be real close, and we get in there and first couple bags are 12, 13 pounds, and all of a sudden we got eighteens, nineteens, and we're like, nice. And the people that caught them. Big bags were fishing places where I'd, where I've, I've fished in the past and it's been like, eh, you know, I'll probably never come back. You're gonna cut one dink, you know, blah blah. And like we talked to them, like, oh, I fished over here. But like, really, you caught that bag over there? You know? Well, they fish a spot that, uh, you know, there. We didn't know this, but there's a tournament the weekend before, and the access they used, they were there was this this group that actually won. They sat on this spot literally the whole eight-hour tournament, and it the was within right, right in front of the axis. Yeah, it was within 150 yards. It was of the where axis. they released all the fish the weekend before. They right. didn't go far. You know what's funny though is that the kid told us that I had, I had so I had just a newborn baby at the time, um, so we had a uh, checkup appointment. And it was like three days after this tournament, and I it was at like. It doesn't matter. But I had a little, couple hours to fish in the morning for this appointment. So I went out there, went right out in front of that landing, the launch where we weighed in the fish and dumped them the day before. And I fished probably 100 feet from the launch, and I just was smoking them all morning. They were stacked in there. <laughs> but, sorry, it was on my phone. Um, yeah, it was not good. But, no, and it's always, honestly, an enjoyment going fishing with Thomas because, I can't count how many trips we've gone out, and it's just, it's the camaraderie more than the catching the fish, honestly, I would say. Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. One, you don't get out much, which is cool, always, you know. Guys wrenching you on the race cars too much. Right. Yeah, you know, and, for sure. You know, so that's the biggest thing. Um, definitely want to do more to come. Um, you know, like you've, you've talked, you've always liked the, you know, from my understanding, the, the backwoods and the adventures. Same with hunting. 
hundred percent. You know, you like yeah, on hunting stories. I mean, Tom, you should tell the few stories of times times that we went out. Oh my god! <laughs> they didn't end more of the stories is when we get home. Tom. None of them ever end pretty. None of them. No. I think you're the you're the problem. I seem to be the bad influence, <laughs> and I, I refuse to agree with that, but. I mean, the the proof is in the pudding for sure. Tell them about the time we went deer hunting and how that night ended. Well, the first time when we uh, went out on public land. Oh, I don't land. remember either one of the times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, they they tend to get a little fuzzy towards the end or the beginning, I guess, <laughs> the way you look at it. The first time you and I went hunting, you know, I'm a big fan of Steve Ranella, Meat Eater, all that kind of stuff, the spot and stock Ooh, type hunting, that. hunting public stuff on YouTube, watch that all the time. And as a guy that's not really a hunter... I guess when I grew up with a lot of friends, when I grew up in Wisconsin, everybody had like food plots, you know, corn laid out for rifle season, whatever. And everybody hunted where I was from. But 90% of the people I knew only hunted during rifle. And a lot of it's tradition based, which obviously is awesome. You know, anytime you can keep a tradition, you know, my, my grandpa, my great grandpa, blah, blah, everybody hunted, you know, rifle season, we all get together. But the thing for me was I didn't want to go 75 yards from my house and sit in a tree stand and shoot something with a rifle. You wanted to chase that adventure a little. Yeah, I, I wanted to work for it, which is, I guess, kind of weird. I guess that kind of proves the point that I'm not a hunter for the sake of shooting the firearm or shooting the bow or whatever i've always been more about like i earned this right. you know what i mean because like not you know if if i wanted meat i'd go to the grocery store right you know or go to the bar or whatever and get a get a steak or whatever so <clears throat> kyle brought up one time you know i finally got all my hunter safety stuff transferred to now minnesota or whatever bought an Oz state license whatever i did at the time but um we went up to public land and for rifle season and we went out there and there's probably a foot of snow on the yeah there. there was a lot of snow um you and i went out there early and obviously rifle season only being what a full week and two weekends long yep. in the the zone that we live in um well, i'll fill you in a, sorry to interrupt you but fill you in no. a little bit this uh this spot that they went out to is um a spot that Kyle and, and our other buddy Taylor have hunted that area quite a bit, and there is big deer in that area. Mm-hmm. I've passed on a few. I've seen bucks out there that's like I've regretted passing as soon as I walked away. Whether it's right. it's got good, it's a good chance you have a good opportunity at a good deer. Right. Right. Taylor right. actually missed one, you know, a few years prior across the same swamp that you guys sat over, right? Uh, same swamp. Yeah. We're probably a quarter mile, half mile away. So, so. Just to fill you in with, you know, kind of what they were going after. But the spot we went to was a spot I was bow hunting a lot that year. We had good pictures, a lot of nice bucks, and I had Halloween night that year. I passed on probably a 120, 125-inch eight-pointer that night, which I actually drew back on and was, finger was feathering the trigger as he came by at 10 yards, and <laughs> he was so close to just losing his life. But I, he, I let him walk, and I regretted it immediately. Then I had... Yeah, I ended up shooting the same size deer during my fun. So, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, continue, Tom, with yeah. uh, kind of where you're going with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kyle and I, we go out there, you know, and he's kind of filling me in. It's basically my first real hunt ever, besides like just taking a gun out into the woods and kind of just not even really putting any effort or thought into it, which. I probably wouldn't have harvested anything if I would have had an opportunity when prior times before Kyle and I going out. But we go out and we're, you know, kind of sneaking through the woods and whatever. And I'm enjoying the hell out of it, really, just because of the the technicality of it. I like a lot. Um, I like that that part isn't for everybody. I like unique sets and skills and things like that that kind of separate, for lack of a better term, the men from the boys in that sense. Right, like we ended up going probably two to three miles yeah, deep. Yeah, we went a long ways, and I mean, that's basically sneaking that whole way. It ain't like you're just walking two miles down a trail, and then you turn left, and you go 40 feet from, you know, a, a cow pasture, and, right. and just sitting there, and waiting for something to come in. So, like, the first time Kyle and I went hunting, um, we went out there, and we're walking across the swamp, and... uh 
you know, we're, we're probably 20 yards from the tree line and we come to a dead stop and the snow's damn near up to our knees. And we look over, there's a doe standing there and you know, the, most of the cattail stuff's laid over, but it's still about knee deep. And I'm standing there and I'm kind of cross-legged and the deer's standing kind of broadside to me in a way, kind of quartering towards me really. And Kyle stops and he kind of motions towards it. I look at it, it's looking right at me. And I pull the rifle up and I'm looking at it through the scope, but... It was probably 80 yards, easy, broadside shot, Tom. Any, anybody that has been in that situation before probably could have basically shot from the hip and dropped that thing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it through the scope. I don't got a good look at the vitals, you know. And, and like I said, a good look at the vitals for me would be like, you know, basically entry-level hunter standing out in a mowed field right. shooting at something. So I'm kind of looking at this doe and, you know, obviously this is all in a matter of seconds, but I'm kind of weighing out the outcome of us only being out there for a couple hours and shooting a doe basically just to get the first one out of the way or to, you know, basically put meat in the freezer. Yeah, the first deer you've ever seen while deer hunting. Yeah, the first deer I've ever seen where I have a rifle in a hand instead of a steering wheel, you know. So... (laughs) We're standing there. I'm kind of looking at it. And like I said, I'm cross-legged. I'm, I'm kind of standing probably about 45, 50 degrees from just regular walking. But I'm walking through Kyle's trail as he's kind of blazing this trail through the cattails. I pull the rifle up and I'm looking at this thing. And I didn't like the way I was standing. I didn't like the fact that I couldn't make a clean shot. If I was going to shoot at this thing, I was going to drop it where it was standing. I wasn't going to leave anything up to, you know, chasing it for any amount of time or nothing. If that That's that's an amazing, like, thing to have in the back of your head because a lot of people don't have that and more people need to have that type of right. sense. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, you knowing most of my family, you know, there's there's a lot of real hunters. And a lot of them, it took them time to get to have the mentality that I have. And like I said, growing up with the people I grew up with, I grew up with people complaining that they could never get a good buck in where they hunt every year because they literally would shoot something that, you know, if minimum 65 pounds. Yeah. You know, shoot a spike obviously shooting, case. yeah, they, they'd shoot a fork or shoot a spike. And obviously that's fine if you're putting meat in the freezer or for the, for the, uh, the tradition of shooting something during rifle season or whatever. But to me, it doesn't mean anything to me to shoot something for the sake of shooting something, you know? So this doe, she ended up running off and, and Kyle was kind of like, you had a shot, man. And I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't right. You know? And <clears throat> It was a little ways into the trip, too, you know, and obviously Kyle wasn't, you know, pressuring me or making me feel bad about not taking the shot. I was like, if I'm going to shoot something, it's either A, going to be a buck, or B, it's going to be a shot to where that thing don't move more than 10 feet. It ain't going to take one step. I'm putting it down. So that doe ends up running off. We keep moving on to the spot that we're going to, and we're sitting in the swamp kind of on like a ledge of, of a lower basin that's would naturally have running water through it we sat there all day and didn't see nothing you know didn't hear nothing i mean there was no action but by the time we went back you know i had a blast i had fun just being outside you know kind of overcoming adversity of it being cold and snowy and we walked all the way out here and didn't get nothing and you know never never got to put one in the chamber even you know um hate to interrupt you but just by you saying that honestly like i wish you know me and kyle and and logan and mush and i don't want to speak for them but i know they're thinking the same thing that um wish we had the same mindset right honestly sometimes we get into it where we 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 take it this is what i this has been a huge goal in the last two years like year really because i feel like sometimes i need to just take a step back and relax and just enjoy the moment and savor the moment. Because I, I feel like I find myself getting too obsessed with the outcome that I don't enjoy the experience. Right. I think Tom, a lot of that... Tom though, enjoys the experience and doesn't right. stress the outcome. You know, like... Right. But I think a lot of that, too, though, comes in with me not having anything invested into it like you guys do. Right, I mean, true. You, you know, you guys spend all the time doing the research. You guys are on the Onyx app. You guys are watching trails all summer. You guys are putting cameras out. You guys are doing all the legwork to where, you know, realistically, if you guys knew that there was a buck coming in every day at 
say four o'clock in the afternoon and you put me next to this oak tree, 99.9% of the time that buck's coming through at 359 or 405. You know, I don't have the time invested because I, I can understand from what I take pride in and what I spend my time in that there's plenty of times where I either, you know, do something just to try to get as close as I can to the results I expected or, you know, are disappointed in myself for not giving it the full boat. But when you just show up to basically just enjoy the experience, it's totally, and that's the same with fishing. Like, I don't care that we go out and whether you guys are pre-fishing for a tournament or, you know, quote unquote, the bite's supposed to be good right now because of the weather, the patterns or whatever. Like to me, it don't matter. It don't matter if we do or don't. Obviously, I'd love to catch fish. I'd love to shoot a deer. I'd love to shoot a turkey. I'd love to whatever, catch bass on the river or whatever. But to me, just because I don't have the time invested, it doesn't mean as much to me to get the result because of the whole the the time we spend together you know like talking to you you're you're freaking pumped on the drive up there and you're pumped on the drive back and pretty soon we've drank 16 beers in about an hour and 45 minutes and we're dancing on the coffee table and freaking blasting music and oh my god that first night that night after we got back and we picked up a 12 pack on our way home from state land that night did that 12 pack was no no we came straight back because uh you know your fiance my cousin and your Chelsea sister and, and a couple other people yeah. that they knew were here already just kind of hanging out and you and I showed up and we weren't even in the party mood. We were yeah. literally just sitting on the couch watching Meat Eater or whatever we were watching, music videos, you know, Cole Wetzel, shout out, <laughs> obviously. That'll be released on Co Day. And we were, you know, totally chilling and whatever and, you know, literally pretty soon we're all, it, it's a party. And there's eight of us. It's like one of those pop-up parties that happen out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and in your living room. room, so it couldn't have been a better situation. Because, yeah. I, I mean, you guys know I'm not a bar guy. I'm not a club guy. I'm not a nothing. So, like, to be comfortable at your house and, you know, blah, blah. But, you know, I guess that's my perspective on it. You know, I I don't expect you guys to to have the, the lack of build-up into – or the lack of, you know – um, <clears throat> I don't want to say the lack of, but like, you know, to me, I'm not, I'm never disappointed because I don't have any expectations. It's well, basically a vacation to me to be able to hang out with you I, guys and do this kind of I, stuff. I love to hear that because right. when I do invite you to go fishing, it's like, I can go fishing four days in a row and it can be amazing. And Tom will come up like, Tom, dude, come with, the fishing's good. He'll come with and we won't catch shit. You know, we'll right. get skunked on skunked. And I'll feel so bad. I'll be like, dude, I, and I hype this spot up. And I know Tom's just out to have a good time, you know? Right. And I'm happy to hear that because sometimes I feel so bad, you know, like when we drag you out till four in the morning to <laughs> tell you that we're going we're gonna to catch these big crappies tonight, blah, blah, it's going to happen. And then we right. go out there, we don't catch anything. Yeah, exactly. It's super funny because, like, you know, the drive. What's up, Andrea? <laughs> so like the drive that the drive that me and Kyle and you know Logan and Mush and, and the rest of our buddies have um, towards this stuff never really like we never we never look at it the way like that you just talked about it right and, and I really wish we would because um, I feel like our perspective on the hunting and fishing would be a lot different really right um, you know and, and and that's coming from a guy that doesn't get out a lot and do it so. You know, Kyle, maybe we need to have that perspective and, and that might help us out. It honestly might. It might not I, burn I, I us out and, you know. I, I find myself getting burnt out and when I go out and I'm like, I get so, sometimes I'm very relaxed fishing. Sometimes. But majority of the time I'm so worked up and stressed. And it's like, why isn't the fish not biting? Why are they not here? And you get in this mindset to where like you find yourself not having fun when you go out fishing. And then you start to think like, why do I love fishing in general? It's because it's fun. But when you start not having fun, it makes it right. It's make it hard to enjoy. And like I just need to, for me, take a step back sometimes and think of it the same way Tom does, and just enjoy being in the outdoors and not cooped up at work or cooped up at home watching TV again. Right. And let's 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 put it in your perspective, Tom. You know, do you get that way with racing? With how serious you take it, you know, and you know, oh, I, help, I help you quite a bit, you know. Yeah, well, and I, you know, I love one of my favorite hobbies in summer sets fishing is going and watching Tom race, and I watch that perspective and I enjoy. It. But 
Right. I'd love to hear your perspective on that compared to like our perspective you know, on fishing. Oh, hunting. absolutely. It's it's literally no different. I mean, it, any of my spare time is spent watching racing, studying certain things, whatever, obviously being in the shop when it's actually race season. I mean, Riley's seen it for sure. I mean, there's times where we'll go to a track we've never raced at and I'll finish like, you know, 10th or 9th or 11th or whatever, you know, and... and 69th. It's 68 plus one sometimes and you hate to see it but it's the way it is but like you know i can tell riley's pumped you know we showed up we finished the race you know we all of our work paid off in the shop obviously we we didn't win but there's only one winner and there's at least 20 people that show up to be that one winner and like to me of course you know i beat myself up i spend all this all this time in the damn shop trying to make sure that we don't have anything stupid that takes us out of having the best result we can and well, it's no different than you guys you know like like i've told you before Kyle like with how this last season went you know i didn't show the results i felt like we deserved until towards the end but you were pumped my rookie year when I was just out there, just not crashing basically. Yeah. And obviously that's not your opinion on it, but like you were, you were just pumped to see me out there. Yeah. And to me, I'm thinking about second last countless times and still fucking loved it and enjoyed it and been so proud of you for even being out there and not finishing last. I mean, you got to think, let's say there's 20 people there and you get 18th. You still beat two people. There's still two people that you're better. I think that when we're fish tournaments, if we get 10th out of 20th, there's still nine, ten right. people there that I beat, so screw you guys. <laughs> of course, and should you be satisfied with that? Not if you want to be successful at it. No. But it's the same not. thing. Like, you know, there's plenty of times where you've either, you know, not had the perfect scenario to, to you know, throw an arrow into a deer or whatever to where he's behind a tree or he's, you know whatever he's a little farther out than you're comfortable with or blah blah you always when when you take something seriously whether it's hunting fishing racing whatever whatever your hobby is that you decide to be obsessed with you always look at the things that you did wrong you never look at the things you did right and that both helps you and hurts you because you don't take a step back and realize hey i've been wanting to do this forever you know being our age at this point we're in the sweet spot to where We've been thinking about this shit since we were young, you know? I mean, before you guys could even hunt by yourselves, I could imagine that you guys were like, dude, I can't wait until I can sit in a stand and pull my bow back all by myself and shoot that big buck that I've been seeing on camera. It's no different than me. I started dreaming that when I was 10, Exactly. So, like, and then when you get that opportunity and you either take a bad shot that you know you shouldn't have, and obviously it's, it's, you know immediately... You just hope that the results are that you don't have something that you can't take. You you shoot something, you can't find it or whatever. Even look at look at Matthew with his with his buck that he shot that he kind of rushed a shot on. No offense if that's kind of blowing up his spot. But when we all went out there and looked for that thing and we couldn't find it because he he had obligations that day he had to go to. So he basically the clock was ticking. He had to either he had to either throw that arrow or he had to pass on that buck. Which, and that buck was the buck where it's, it's one, it, it was one of the bucks where it's almost, you can't pass, it's so hard to pass on. And right. And to pass on the deer, you have to be a really big person and 100%. have a lot of deer on the wall. Because the, the, the type of hunting that we do around, and I don't mean we as in me, obviously, but as the people that we're around all the time, you know, for lack of a better term, everybody hunts up here. So if you don't get it, it's going to walk 40 feet across your neighbor's property and he'll drop it. And it'll be somebody that, like I said, doesn't put in any of the work. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, it'll be somebody that sits in a stand for two hours during rifle season and they're basically shooting anything that comes in and it just so happens to be the buck that you've been chasing, you've been grooming, you've been trying to chase his patterns, you've been trying to, you know, set up food plots, you've been trying to put your stand in the best position you possibly could to take that thing down. And you don't, but then you hear the person three houses down from you, which obviously in this scenario could be a quarter mile away, but that's still too close. You want to see that buck next year. You, you want that thing. That's the trophy. And when you like think about it, like we do, you live, breathe, eat, sleep. And that's all you think about is that deer. And it's, it it consumes you to a point where you just start to go crazy over it. Yeah. It's the same perspective, you know, 
with your racing, you know, that, you know, as Tom was saying, I help out quite a bit and, and, you know, I see both directions, but like, you know, yeah, when you put in all this time, it don't work out and it, you're not successful. You beat yourself down. Of course um, you can't help but to not be frustrated. Right. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that as much as we, we do, but I mean, when you put that much time and that much money and that much, um, effort, um, you know, that's just what happens. So, yeah, know. no, it's it's just you you know, it a certain point you got to beat yourself up in a sense to get better, but you can't beat yourself up to where you don't want to do it anymore. Right. And I I think you've you've probably seen that through me being, you know, the guy that's been in the shop with me and the guy that rides with me to the track. You know, there's plenty of times where I'll talk about stuff that I didn't do right that you're like, "Dude, but you went to this racetrack you never raced at and you made the feature and you ran with guys that have, you know, countless feature wins all over the place or even like, you know, the, the top list this year, you know, I had, I I can't tell you how many people that have told me just a little backstory. I, there's a big show here locally called the top list and it's a breast cancer slash Halloween party type race. So it's, it's not a points race, so there's no championship or anything involved. But it's it's uh, you know it's it's a really fun kind of laid back type of race. Obviously, once you put your helmet on, you're competitive. You want to be the best, regardless. But you know, I I started you know probably eleventh or whatever, and drove up into the top five. But I was plagued with um, running out of transmission fluid in my transmission. <laughs> And my transmission started slipping and I was, I was on par to pass a guy that just won about $26,000 this year in the same race car that I'm racing in. And another guy right in front of him that's won 30 features this year all over the Midwest. So for me as a second year driver, build my own stuff with Riley and with uh, this other guy, Jeremy Timmer, that's basically the brains behind the operation in the sense of setup and and parts and understanding what's going on you know it was something as simple as eight dollars worth of fluid that kept me out of finishing within the top five which would have been huge but when i pulled in though and you know like i said a lot of veteran drivers said they would never admit this but the first thing i did was put the blame on myself because it's the only thing i thought about all day i should check that i should check that i should check that i know that it leaks i should check that never did it would have taken 30 seconds and we could have had a top five finish which doesn't equal out to monetary value there's no money in it but for the the um you know the results for the amount of effort we put in to do what we did that whole year but at the same time i take a step back and i look and i go that dude has no idea who i am that i was right alongside of just about to pass before i started having issues that guy just won a twenty six thousand dollar race this year in that same car and i was about to pass him in a spot nobody was racing in because track conditions severely affect the way your car handles so, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing. I, you should be allowed to beat yourself up over not getting the results you wanted for a little bit, but you also need to take a step back and look at, you know, I put myself in a position for that, you know, and it's no different than, like I said, that's why I love like the public land hunting, all that kind of stuff, the effort, the energy, because you're trying to put yourself in the best position possible to bring something home that for lack of a better term, you can brag about. Absolutely. Let's face it, putting putting a, a shoulder mount up on the wall of, you know, even your Nebraska buck. I mean, you know, is there a bigger buck out there? Maybe, but that was your... Absolutely, but the story and the... the, the just how proud I am of that deer, it doesn't compare, you know. Right. It's just... Yeah, like you said. It, it ain't no fork. It ain't no spike. <laughs> it ain't the first thing you saw that was, you know, well, 10 yeah, feet off of the side of the road. It might have been the first thing I saw. It was the first thing we saw of that trip of a shooter and of your hunting trip. So, But still, though, like, yeah. obviously. I, I look at like, that deer. Every, I walk past the deer every day, and I look at it, and I, I damn near smile every day. It never gets old. And I that's get, one thing I love about the hobby and the sport that we do is when you can, you finally close in on and you do everything right and the perfect outcome happens 
you get that trophy and you get to look at it and enjoy it the rest of your life. Right. A hundred percent. And that's, I think that's where a lot of our similarities cross between us is you guys, you know, might not be as mechanically interested or, you know, whatever, but I see the amount of time and energy and effort that you guys put in to do what you guys do. And I will forever respect that for that reason, you know, is because it's extremely similar to what I do. It's just that the results that are the, different. Is that the rats trying to get in or? <laughs> <laughs> this place is infested. Uh, it's freaking dogs. Uh, no, and, you know, it, it's funny to, to compare, um, you know, your perspective and, you know, in our perspective, even with your racing, you compare it to the hunting fishing we do. It's crazy that these hobbies that we have um, actually do kind of, you know, they're more similar than they are different. Right, exactly. You know, and it's the time and the effort and the money and the, you know, just all of it. It's just, it, you know, right. we can't explain how much, you know, it, how much time we put in. And, right. And, know, but. and that's the thing is like, you know, and I'm guilty of it too, but, you know, people have hobbies and you guys have your hobbies and whatever. And my thing is, is a hobby too, but like, you know. The thing is that you put all the money and the energy into it to be successful at it, regardless of if it's professional success or if it's personal success or whatever. But at the end of the day, you can't you can't go to work, come home, go to bed, wake up, go to work, come home, go to bed. Unless you unless your job, whatever it is, which let's face it, five percent of any of us have the job that we've always wanted that we're gonna yeah, put absolutely. the same energy I wish into. I had that. Right, hundred well, percent. That's, 100%, what, that's but, what hobbies are all about. Whether right. it's racing, hunting, fishing, whatever, like you, whatever makes you happy in your free time, that makes all the work worth it. Is what it's all about. I mean, that, that's what hobbies are for. You know, that's what exactly. helps you relax and release from working all week long. Right, and, right. We, and you know, I I would say us three sitting here right now, um, for our age group, honestly, I'd call it the top forty percent of how much we make. We all make really decent money, and like seriously, you don't know, feel like it. Well, right, but how don't much feel like it because it costs money to live. But well, right, yeah, I mean, how much money goes hobbies? That's why. Right, how much money goes into our hobbies: racing and hunting and fishing. All of it, <laughs> literally, all, literally. all of it minus whatever bills that could cause me to have issues with the government. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my problem. I love my hobbies too much that sometimes they come up ahead of all my other stuff. Right. Right. But like that's and like I said, you know, that's that's what's fun about being able to come and hang out with you guys is, you know, when I'm sitting in the back of the truck on our way to the lake, you guys are talking about, you know, you're talking about the wind, you're talking about the water temperature in the sense of, you know, fishing, obviously, because I've been more a part of the fishing stuff than I have the hunting stuff. But like all the stuff you guys talk about is the same stuff me and Riley talk about when we're going to a racetrack. Right. You know, so what's that water temperature yeah water temps you know all that stuff <laughs> but like you know and that i just i i guess you know and i'm not trying to church it up just for the sake of the podcast but like i enjoy somebody that takes pride in what they spend their spare time doing oh absolutely you know i don't as, care what somebody's hobbies are as long as you have a good hobby yeah. that gets you happy and excited and hell yeah good for you right absolutely and whether you know eventually it comes to making a career out of it or not you know obviously it, it, if i died with five dollars in my bank account so what right i'd rather right you know as long as you lived a full life as long as i've got the, the stories and the do. fun and the friends and the whatever that comes along with just living life in general i mean you know these people that that literally just and it's not even about money, obviously, but the people that squirrel money away and don't do nothing their whole lives yeah, and no then they hobbies. retire and then they just die and they had, you know, say $500,000 in the bank account. Well, now what? Yeah. You know, you die. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's, Unless you're setting up a kid or, you know, but that's, it's just like, I don't know. It just, there's, there's more to life than working. And if you can find something that that gets you out of bed every day. Like, like you guys, you know, with your hunting and your fishing, let's face it, you're working to be able to do that. Obviously, no, Kyle, like you have a family, obviously you're covering your family just fine. Family comes first. Hobby second. A hundred percent. But sometimes, yeah, well, <laughs> 95% of the time, but that's just what I mean is like, you know, it's like, 
the amount of time and energy you guys put in, I'll always respect that. And same with Logan and then same with Matthew and all them guys. Like, you know, and that's, that's why I never got into hunting where I lived before was because, you know, it was, let's just put it in a sense of like when everybody first starts doing youth hunt stuff, it's your dad's gun. It's your grandpa's property. It's your uncle's tree stand. You're blowing the first button. Yeah. You're shooting one that literally has one antler. It's not even a spike. And it's like, okay, I get it. It's Riley every year. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I get it, you know, and that's fine when you're a kid, when you're, when you're just first starting to get your taste, but hopefully you get bitten by the bug and you want to be the guy that goes in there and gets the one that takes effort. Right. You know, if I wanted to shoot a deer, I could shoot a deer right out my bedroom window. And there's nothing wrong with the people that just do that. But let's face it, this, this podcast and, and our mentalities is, you you want to take down Goliath. We're all David. You know what I mean? For using a Greek mythology term, if that is actually Greek mythology. But like that's like that. <laughs> that's why we put that energy the in. the Bible? Maybe. The Bible I don't, term. I, you know, kind of... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we got Christians no, listening. You know, that... Yeah. Yeah. We've got a huge Christian community over here. Yeah. <laughs> We enjoy, you know, and you're probably going to see a lot more of this out of us is, you know, bringing in people like Thomas and, and stuff like that, that, um, you know, it, it's fun to talk about this thing and see your perspective. And Yeah, like somebody and, that's somewhat an outsider from how we feel about it, you right. know, like they enjoy it, but they don't breathe it the same way we breathe it, but they understand. Right. Know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I, um, you know, hopefully the year to come, we still got a lot of fishing left, um, Ice fishing was, you know, we, we still got probably a good month. Um, you know, I got a trip next weekend and, you know, there's a ton of fishing left, but. We got a new boat on the horizon. Yeah. Be tuned for that. Cause yeah. I just sold uh, my boat last Sunday and there's a new one joining the fleet here next couple weeks. Let's talk about the, the troubles of even trying to ice fish this year with the weather patterns yeah. and stuff that we've had. Yeah, it's only troubles if you don't know how to, <laughs> if you ain't. I don't know, we got out pretty early. I mean, I mean, we were hunting November 19th this year, and nothing has stopped us since. Well, Thomas is talking fishing, not hunting. But what? I don't you know. You hunting. Oh. What? <laughs> we're confused with each other. Okay, hold on. We're talking no. about fishing. What? Yeah, so you said hunting. The, but... Okay, so he's talking about trouble with fishing this year. We've had a lot of snow. But snow, does, if you got a snowmobile, snow ain't going to affect you. Yeah, honestly. A little slush, a little snow, man. I like that stuff. Me, Keeps the retards off the lake. Yeah, me and you have, you know, we've been saying this all year that, you know, it's helping our local lake, Mille Lacs. You know, Mille Lacs has been on fire lately until last week and everybody's... It's a good perch bite. Right. You're looking for a good perch. Yep. Go to Malax. This will yep. air after the ice melts. Exactly. So, um, we've had you know to go into kind of where, what me and Kyle been up to. Um, you know, it's been a long time since we talked. Last time was about Kyle and, and Logan's deer, but you know, we've been fishing quite a bit. I mean, I would say. Yeah, we, I try to go once a good day every weekend. Right. Um, we, uh, with with the kids and stuff, it's hard to go more than once a week right now. Right. I mean, we me and I used to do it three, four times a week, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm busy with work and whatever, but no, you uh, you got out to South Dakota. Uh, South Dakota was a freaking blast. Fish with Ted Takasaki. If you don't know him, you've been living under a rock. Will, uh, we will have a podcast up on that soon. Yeah. Um, we, with Ted? Oh, we could. We, I, I, I honestly think that will be in the future for next winter. I'm going to push to try to get a podcast with Ted. I feel like he could. He's yeah. a, he's a legend. He's, he's a legend of, 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 of fishing. He really is. He's a legend of fish and he likes to drink, so <laughs> that's what we like around here. No, um, but South Dakota know. was cool. We caught we caught our limit within an hour. Both days were out there. Limits fifteen crappies per person, and they're all just magnums, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 inch crappies. Fat fat as could be. And right. enough of that though. That's for the next podcast. We'll talk about that. Okay. Um, you know, but then we got back a week later. Um, me and you went out to a little secret lake. Yeah, a little secret lake that it's a little closer to home than um, people would think. We're not going to say how close to home, but, you know, within that two-hour mark, normally we sit around two hours or more north of where we're fishing. It's you know, usually you got to drive to find right. good fishing, but we found a little pocket of gold within that home territory, and, and it, we struck. I mean, we catching 10-inch 
10 inch, nine and a half to 10 inch sunfish. Nice crop. It's 10, nice 10 to, you know, or, or more, no, more like 11 to 13 inches crappies. And, I won't be surprised to get a 14 to 15 inch crappie right. out of that lake. We, uh, you know, it took us a long time to find them, but, you know, after like three and a half hours, we ended up finally getting on the big schools and it was a good time. Yeah. It really was. Um, you know, but now we're looking at this weekend is um, the local Lake Mille Lacs has what's called Perch Party. Um, you know, that's this weekend. And then, you know, from there, basically the walleye season's over and um, find, pan fishing. Yeah, find some big bluegills and big crappies. But no, um, it was definitely a, a, a good podcast. I had fun with you, Tom. Um, it's good to hear your perspective on things and, and stories and definitely stories to come. I mean, oh God, man, hopefully we all have at least five years on our life left. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> oh boy. Might have changed my diet. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> But uh, nicotine and energy drinks will get to you. No, uh, yeah, no kidding. Nicotine and energy drinks, and you know the little bit of wobble pops we tend to have here and there on a weeknight, on a school night. But no, I I have fun. I and you know, for me coming on here, obviously I don't have a ton to put into the hunting, fishing aspect of stuff. But I think it's fun to talk about. You know, for anybody that's kind of younger or whatever that. It's kind of wondering, like, you know, what what do you go through mentally when you have something like this? When you have a hobby that you chase, you know, because obviously all of us have thought, "F this!" Like, why do I put this much energy and effort into this? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of times without sounding dumb, it's climbing a mountain. You get to the top, and then it's a long ways down, and then you got to climb another mountain. You know, that's. Every weekend. And that's Every just, weekend. that's life in general. I think that's a lot of things that, you know, people would be interested in hearing is whether you're moderately successful, insanely successful, or just doing it for fun, you know, it's like, what do other people go through, you know, through different hobbies and whatever. So obviously we all know at the very least we can drink a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I'm good at is drinking beer. And, yeah, uh, I mean that that basically just comes with the comes with the whole thing now at this point. Oh yeah. Tell you what, there's a whole lot of hobbies you can do with just one hand. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh that's where we're gonna end it is drinking a good yeah. amount of beer with our snow day tomorrow and um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's a good episode. Thank you everybody for listening. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, yeah. We're gonna start coming out pretty quick. Yeah. But, Oh, check out the website. Got merch up. Um, but peace. Yeah, like.